Amen. Come on, you can grab a seat today. As you smile at somebody. We're so glad you're here. It's a really special morning. In a couple of weeks, we're having child dedication, but today we get the privilege to um, do some child dedications. And um, in a moment, I'm going to call them out, but uh, Paul and Jenny Hackney, who are part of our church um, now for a couple of years, um, had family visiting from England, and they heard about the dedication at the end of the month. Like, that's wonderful. It doesn't work for us, but maybe next time. I'm like, no, uh, we're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. And it's a long weekend, and we don't know who's going to be here, but it's important, and we get to celebrate today. So, uh, Paul and Jenny, come on out with their two boys, uh, Ethan, and am I saying it right, Callum? I said it right. Awesome. Come on out, guys. Come on. How sweet. Good to see you guys. So sweet. Good to see you. Hi. Hi. The best smile in the world. I like your shoes. Are those, are those crocodiles or are those dinosaurs? Those are fantastic. Crocodiles. Amazing. Paul, you don't have those. You guys, this is such a special day. I had met with Jenny just this past week um, because our heart's desire was to know more about what it actually meant to dedicate her children and her family. And we had the best conversation. Um, her heart was right on point. I mean, I had my list of things to cover and she just overflowed with how important community is for her to create a path for her family. And she talked about how important it is that they are also, they have a great purpose on their lives. It's not just her and her husband. It is God cares a lot about their identity and their individuality. Callum keeps smiling. It's just the best. Um, not shy at all. And we think it's even extra special when a family finds a community to walk out their faith. And we talked a lot about your history and the places that you've been that's made up who you are. And we are so grateful as a church family that they are taking this embarking into our church community. Um, and Ethan is pretty special as well because he spent some time at the IWK and Jenny first found our church that way, which I just think was it, speaks was to it a, a nurse. Yes. Just one of our Nova nurses, one of the many uh, yeah. recommended Nova, and you've been coming ever since. Coming ever since, and so, um, and you know, a church is an anchor. You guys, there's many seasons that you go through in your life, but there's faces and people attached to it, and to know that our church family has been attached to maybe some of the. Um, not so great times has been just fantastic and we are so eager to bless your family with health we're yeah. so eager to bless your family with life and it's going to be really good today yeah. so we especially are excited about their family being here so we're gonna we're gonna pray before we do people say what's child dedications and um we don't we we don't do child baptisms um, this is not um ethan and and, and, and callum coming into our church it's not establishing their faith. We believe that that happens when you're at an age when you can make a choice for yourself. Uh, God has no grandkids or he only has kids, which means it's not your family that makes a decision for you. And they're at the age uh, where they're focusing on crocodile sandals. Um, but what today is, it's a commitment, more of the parents of Paul and Jenny, saying, as for us in our home, we want to raise our children in the kingdom of God. They're not joining Nova Church. This is not a Nova Church thing. It's a God thing. And whether they're living in Orangeville, Ontario, where you were before here, or whether they're living in London, England, or, or, or living in Halifax, 
Um, they're saying, we want to raise our kids in the house of God. And God's, it's a commitment. Second thing is, it's a community. And that's why you come in today. And we're going to, in a moment, going to stand together. We're going to pray together. Because we're not meant to do faith on our own. We're in this together. That's why Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. He says, our Father. Not my Father. Our Father. And today is a chance to say, by the way, we want to know, the community to know about our commitment. And we want to know that we're in this together. And thirdly, third C, I'm a good Pentecostal preacher. I get three C's. Third C, it's a chance. It's a chance to be in a moment and atmosphere of the Holy Spirit to come even bless these boys. And then Ethan's going to be a part of the worship team. Yeah. And uh, we believe that there's no junior Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes and fills lives. And today we're believing for a moment for this family that God will strengthen them in their health, but also in their leading, in their finances, their businesses, their family, their relationships. So we're going to dedicate today. Can we stand to our feet today as we pray for these boys and pray for this family, for Paul and Jenny, as we bless them today. Amen. Uh, Don't you love doing church together? Love having a family church. Uh, God is so good. They're going to commit in the middle of community and a chance for God's spirit to bless them. Amen. Let's pray. It's Paul and Jenny. Paul and Jenny. Yes. Come on, Pastor Matt. Join us today. We're going to pray. Why don't you lead us in and start praying. Father God, we're so thankful for families. We're so thankful for healthy children, God. We're so thankful for parents who are stepping out to raise their children in your ways, God. We just ask for a special blessing of grace, a special portion of patience, Lord, a special portion of wisdom. God, that as they raise these boys, that they would be raised in your ways, that they would grow in stature and favor with you and with people. And as their parents raise them, that you would give them uh, infinite wisdom, infinite patience, Lord, to raise these children the way that they should go. And Father, we pray for these boys. We pray for health on them. Father, we bless them today. Father, we dedicate them. Father, you said, seek first the kingdom of God. And Father, all these things will be added. So today we're saying we seek you as a family. Father, Paul and Jenny and their family and their boys. Father, we say we dedicate, we give back to you what you've blessed them with. So Father, we pray that you would bless them today with health on these boys in Jesus' name. Physically, mentally, spiritually. Pray for health on them. I pray every part of their bodies to be whole and healthy. Pray for their marriage to be strong today. Pray for their mental health as parents to be strong. We pray for their finances and their relationship and their community. Father, would you bless them today with your voice and your presence. May they always know direction that you have for them. And may they always be aware of your closeness and of your strength. And Father, in these years of parenting, it's a challenging time to parent. But Father, you thought them best to parent these boys. You called them to parent in this season with these boys. And God, who you've called, you've equipped. And I pray right now they feel equipping. Where they feel weak, they'd be strong. Father, where they feel like they have lack, that you would supply. Where they have questions, you would be their answer. Where they have, um, Father, doubt, would you be their courage. So, Father, we bless these boys today. We dedicate them in your presence and in your house. We dedicate these parents today. And we thank you for household salvation. And as for their house, they will serve the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. And the whole church community said, amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much. Yeah, go ahead. We have a gift for you guys off stage. Bless you guys. You're welcome. Bless you guys so much. Here's the gift right here. Yeah. You can grab a seat today. I love that. It's those moments I live for. Those moments feel the church community coming out. Won't be long. We need drummers. So, Ethan, you're up. you got two weeks, buddy. Four steps. Next step. Today's class three. Ethan, if you can get the next steps, class three. Um, We're so glad you're in church today. We're in a series called Borders, and we're finishing it today. I don't know if you've been here for all the series. Uh, Thank you so much, Brett. Love you so much. I miss seeing you. It's been three weeks. 
from church. What do you have? Water. Amazing. Thank you so much. I'm glad you didn't drop that because I wouldn't want your water to break on stage. Okay. Tiffany and Brad have like 20 kids. Do you have four or five? Four. Okay. You want to have another one? You guys have another one? Okay. Awesome. We're going to stay focused today. And uh, um, we're in the middle of a series called Borders. And it's been on the kingdom of God. There's a line being drawn. There's a real clarity coming to the church. And we talked about it in these last few weeks. And I would encourage, I don't say this often, but if you haven't been here for all the weeks, they're all available on YouTube to go watch. But I'd encourage you, there's a, there's a, there's a clarity coming to the church of Jesus Christ. In this season, um, we're full of hope, but it's been challenging for everyone. It's challenging for church. But there's been some beautiful moments uh, of really of the spirit of God moving. And some of that is a clarity coming on the church. Sometimes we've confused things that we thought were absolutes and pillars. And I say it this way, we've confused end tables for pillars. Sometimes we think things that are just end tables, and you know, in your houses when you're doing renovations, there's things that you think it's really important. But when you get down to it, it's the pillars of the house. It's the weight-bearing walls that keep the thing up. And, and, and end tables and couches and fridges can change, but the pillars must stand. And in the last few years, I think some of us thought we built our faith on pillars but we actually built it on end tables. And when the seasons and challenges came in for gathering as a church, some people realized their faith wasn't as strong as it should have been because it wasn't built on the right things. And there's a real clarifying coming of what are we building our faith on? This, this, this series on the borders, which is on the kingdom of God, is talking about Jesus' plan and our place in it. A series called Borders. Today, we're going to finish this series, though it'll, it'll be a running theme through all our messages because we are passionate about Jesus and the kingdom of God. If you have a Bible today, Matthew chapter 4. I encourage you to bring your Bible to church. If you don't have a Bible, we have free Bibles that you can have. Take home with you out at the guest table. They're for anybody. Uh, there's something about the word of God. And um, this, for me, is a pillar in my life. It's not an end table. And I'm old school enough where I love digital Bibles, and I have them. And in a pinch, I'll use them. But I believe in, I, I'm, I'm old school enough. I don't believe in putting coffee cups on my Bible, on my end table. I don't, I don't leave it in my car. I believe um, if, if there was a fire in my house, I'd grab my kids, I'd grab my dog, because I love Cooper, and then I'd grab my passport, <laughs> and then I would grab what I'd, some of, and then I'd grab my Bible, because um, I believe the notes in this and what God has spoken to me and the things that are just have, are directing me, correcting me, and encouraging me. Matthew chapter 4, I want to start reading today in verse 17 verse 17. Thank you again for those tuning in online. We love you. We're so glad you tuned in today. I love that these messages live on these moments. Uh, I was just in Ontario preaching last week, and there was a woman, I hadn't been there for four years, and she, this woman said, I remember your last message because I took notes. She goes, I actually took pictures of all your slides. And I was like, you're my favorite person I've ever met in my life. And she started preaching the sermon back to me. I'm like, that was a great sermon. I need to preach that one again. Notes never forget. But Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. It says this, very short verse, but so much power. Then Jesus, from then on, Jesus began to preach. This is Jesus starting his ministry. We're Jesus followers here. We're not just church attenders, we're Jesus followers. We're passionate about Jesus. And this is what he began to preach, which means he kept preaching it throughout his ministry. He says, repent of your sins and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent from your sins, turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This morning, just for a few minutes that I have left today, I want to talk, I want to encourage you on this title, 
passports and passwords. Passports and passwords. I believe God's going to speak to us today. He's going to encourage your walk today. You're going to leave here more clear about the kingdom of God and more excited about your citizenship in it. Amen? Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for the beautiful sunny day that we have here in Halifax. Thank you for the guests that are here, that are here either on vacation or they're here checking out the church. Thank you for those online today, wherever they are tuning in. God, we're thankful that you're here. You're the VIP in this room. Holy Spirit, I pray you would breathe life even to these words. Thank you for your, your word. I pray that it would speak life to us. I pray the, the issues in the room, the tension in the room, where we need a, a miracle, God, that we would know that you provide. You provide. And I pray that you would step in as only you can. Thank you for children that are being ministered to even next door right now all through this building. Thank you, Father, for families. Thank you for the singles that are in this room. Thank you for your plan. God, help us these next few minutes fall in love with you more and hear your voice. And everybody said, we were just uh, on vacation for two weeks, me and Nancy and the kids. And I got a picture here of us on vacation. They really cropped that out. Uh, but behind there, um, I said crop the picture, but I said they probably should have cropped us a little bit. Uh, but behind us is the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. And if you know your history, it's a very important place in history. Um, it's special to a lot of people, special to us. I wanted to show my kids. And on the top of those stairs is where Martin Luther King Jr. gave his I Have a Dream speech. I got a chance to have our kids and stand there right on the exact spot and look out at the Washington Mall. And we got to spend a couple days in Washington, D.C. and have a chance to see so much history. And that was a special moment for us as a family to be able to travel there. You know, the, the journey traveling there, you know this because uh, you, you're well-traveled and you know. But it's just not a matter of, even though America feels like sometimes like a brother or a sister, it's its own country with its own borders. And travel right now, if you know, if you've seen anything in the news, it's chaotic. Pearson Airport, I just read this yesterday, is voted the worst airport right now for delays in all the world. That's not a joke. That is true. Number two is in Montreal. <laughs> so go Halifax. And uh, I was just in Toronto, I think, three times in the last two weeks, and baggage everywhere, and that's why carry-on only is the way to travel. And, but when you go across the border, the first thing they ask for is your passport. Passports give you access to places that you can't get to on your own. Passports are a way of identifying who you are, and you know you're crossing a border where the language maybe changes, the government changes, the rule changes, the benefits changes, um, the culture changes, sometimes the weather changes, but there's a difference when you're crossing a border, and the only way to get across it is with a passport. Passwords are the same thing. I, I realize how much of our life has passwords attached to it. A couple weeks ago, Rogers went down a telecom for a couple days, and so many co companies were linked to it for debit, and I know PEI, the, the, the bridge going to Prince Edward Island, that they weren't accept they could, their debit was down, they were only accepting cash, and so much is linked to online. I realize how much of my life is linked to passwords. Passwords for email, passwords for banking. Come on, face ID, when the face ID doesn't work anymore, I'm like, what's my password for my bank account? We got PIN numbers, we got passport passwords um, to get into our houses, passwords for alarms, we have passwords for everything. If we lose our passwords, you are locked out of access to where you need to do some living. My wife will say, what's our password for our bank account? What's the password for the alarm? My kids are like, hey, I'm updating my phone. What's my iTunes password? Passwords grant you access. Without the right password, you get locked out. There's some people I'm hoping really get locked out, and that's the people that have been trying to guess my Instagram password for about a month. 
Um, there has, I've been gotten um, four or five emails in the last month of someone in the middle of the night trying to hack my Instagram. I don't know why they want to hack my Instagram, um, but I keep getting, if you're resetting your password, just hit this link. I'm like, no, not today, Satan, not today. And, uh, and I believe in prayer. I've been praying violent diarrhea over whoever that is. I just pray. From your bellies would flow rivers of living water. I just bless them. And, and then they gave up on that, and they just started creating fake accounts. And some of you have seen those on Instagram. Uh, and they always, they add you as a friend, and then they send you a message that always starts with beloved. Then they ask you for money. I would never ask you for money. I don't think I would. Would I? No, I wouldn't ask you for money on Instagram. And I would never use the terms beloved. So just know that. But passwords and passports open access to where we want to go. Beloved, today I want to encourage you that the kingdom of God is central to Jesus' teaching. The word kingdom in the New Testament, which is the, 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 the second part of, of Scripture, the New Testament, 162 times the word kingdom is mentioned, and usually kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. It's central. And inside that kingdom, there is a king and there are borders. And some see them as walls, uh, to, like a prison, and others see them as walls of protection. It all depends if you're serving the king or fighting the king. But walls are fascinating. Some people see walls keeping you in, away from the fun. Others see walls as protecting you from the harm. But the kingdom of God is central to Jesus' teaching. What's inside the kingdom of heaven? A little recap. We talked about this week two under supply chain. What's inside the kingdom? I just want to break it down to one verse that I think speaks so much to the kingdom of God. It says in Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is, is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of loving, of living a life of goodness or righteousness of peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If there's ever a time we need peace, it's this season. I was just in Washington, D.C. I don't know if you know this, but there's been some turmoil in Washington, D.C. as of late. And as we walked up to the Capitol building, I'm like, man, this has been the center of the news for a while. Peace. I want to remind you that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And it says, blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. There's a difference. Sometimes I can say this as a 47-year-old Canadian, we are obsessed with peacekeeping, which means don't offend anybody, don't say anything, don't rock the boat. Just if anything's going to be controversial or against someone, don't say it. We just got to keep the peace. Jesus was not a peacekeeper. He was a peacemaker. And the difference with that, he's a king going, inside my borders, there will be peace. And sometimes you have to fight some things, some things that want to tear apart a generation, some spirits, some, some oppression, some poverty. And Jesus goes, no, no, I will have my throne, and I am king, and he is a warring king, and he is a peacemaker. I'm so thankful he's not a peacekeeper going, don't upset anybody. He's not saying to the enemy, you can have them Monday through Saturday, but that's fine. I'll just take them on Sunday. They can worship me and go back and live in your kingdom. No, no, he said, I'm a peacemaker, which means I will have reign from sea to sea. I have a kingdom he is a peacemaker, and in his kingdom, there is peace, and there's joy, and there's goodness. It's a place we want to live. And in my life, I know when I'm in the kingdom of God, when I'm overflowing with goodness and right decisions and the peace of God and joy. It's also a kingdom where you can't visit, you have to live. You can't serve two masters. He goes on and says that if you serve two masters, you'll, you'll love one and hate the other. You need to know this about the kingdom of God, is that he's looking for immigration, not vacations. So many countries you go to, we just vacationed in the States. You go in, you, get, you take your pictures, you have your memories, you buy your souvenirs, your Starbucks mug, we were there, and then you come home and enjoy it back where you live, where you're in charge. The kingdom of God is not like that. 
And so many people try to come in on Sundays or live stream or maybe during the week and read a little devotional before work and they vacation in the kingdom of God going, God bless them with forgiveness and hope and joy and peace. And then they try to take that back with their king and they're in charge and live their kingdom and they wonder why it doesn't work. Because Jesus is not looking for vacation. He's looking for immigration, which means you move and say, your rules are my rules. Your blessings are my blessings. You're my king of my life. You're in charge. You say it, I do it. I'm living in the kingdom of heaven. That is what the kingdom of God, there's no dual citizens in the kingdom of heaven. It's a place of love, a place of joy, of peace, of righteousness and, and, and good choices, but it's a place you move to. So say maybe you've been coming for a while, maybe you've been in this series, you come to a point where you're like, yes, I want to be in the kingdom of God. How do I know? How do I get into the kingdom of God? Jesus invites us. I've heard the invitation. I feel like God is saying I want to be in there. I, I've tried to run my own life, and I run my own life. I find myself in in, in, in dark places, in lonely places, in hurtful places, I make the wrong decisions. I am reminded weekly that I do not make a great king of my life or anyone else's life. My choices, my, my appetites, my thoughts, will, if left to myself, will lead me away into dark places. And, but when he's king, maybe you come to the place now where you're like, uh, okay, the kingdom of God, I know what it is. I've been invited. How do I get over? What's the password? What's my passport to go from where I am, where I'm king, to where Jesus is king. Now what? I think Google is fascinating. On Google.com, you'll find, if you ever go to Google.com, and most of you do, you'll mostly find a white page. And on that white page, there's 20 words on it. That's it. I counted yesterday. 20 words. There's no advertising, there's no special links, it's just a, mostly a white page, and then a little search bar in 20 words total, and then you click wherever you want, and it unlocks a whole new world of searching. That's very different than most search engines. Most search engines I grew up with, in fact, uh, just a couple weeks ago, June 15th, anybody recognize this picture right here? That was what the internet looked like to us if you're over the age of, come on, somebody, 35 or 40. Where are my old people in the room? Just me? Okay. Internet Explorer. When I see that logo, I hear a noise. And it goes like this. Dial-up. Anybody remember dial-up? Come on, my dot. Some of you kids have no idea. You think, slow Wi-Fi. Slow Wi-Fi. Our internet came on a Pony Express, you know, coming into town, you know. Like, you would open a web page click open, and then you would leave it for an hour to download. You go have supper to come back. Come on, how many remember? Remember AOL? Anybody remember AOL? Free internet on a CD disc that you put in. You get free internet for a month. So you could message on AOL. My gosh, your first email address. Internet Explorer shut down June 15th because not enough people were using it. Did you know 75% of all searches on the internet go through Google? 75% of the billions and billions of searches every day. Why? I believe it's because Google is simple. Blank screen, mostly white, 20 words, that's it. You're not getting inundated with news or articles or sports or advertisements. It's just, I go to Google, it's my homepage, and you go in 20 words, put in your word, and search. You need to know this, that Jesus and the kingdom of God is very Google-ish. I've never used that word before, beloved. It's fantastic, Google-ish. Just 20 words on Google unlock a whole world of exploring. The password of the kingdom of God is very similar. Let me read what Jesus says about him being Google-ish. 
says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 in the New King James Version. It says, But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is Christ. The goal of Satan is to lead us to a place that is simple and make it complicated. The simplicity of the gospel. And culture and religion tries to make it complicated. Culture says, no, no, you've got to add your freedoms and what you love and what you like and what you're feeling. You've got to add more to it. Religion says, here's all the rules. You can't do this, you can't do this, can't do this. And there's a craftiness in there to take us away from the simplicity of the gospel. The password to the kingdom of heaven is 15 words. It even beats Google. Your password, your passport to get into the kingdom of heaven is in Matthew 4, 17. We just read it. It's 15 words. It says this. It says, repent of your sins, turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. It's simple. It's simple. Religion wants to add more to it than that. Yeah, but, but, but. Culture wants to go, but yeah, you should be able to, able to, able to. And Jesus goes, no, 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 don't don't make it complicated. Repent, turn to God, because the kingdom of heaven is near. If you want to get into the kingdom, and not everybody does, where Jesus is king, the simplicity of the gospel. The the passport and the password of the kingdom of God is repent. Now, depending on how you grew up, that word brings the, the feeling of, a hellfire and brimstone to you. Some of you, uh, like I picture just a horrible place of penance and punishment and repent. And today I want to either instruct you or correct you on what that word repent means. I believe it's a powerful word. It's a holy word. It's a wonderful word. The word repent, which is our passport today. The Hebrew word, I'm not going to get into it too much, but in the Old Testament, the word that was used mostly was one called shub, S-H-U-B, for repentance. And it's used over 600 times whenever repentance was used in the Old Testament. And here's what it means. It means to turn, to return, to seek, or restore. That's what it means. It doesn't mean gnashing of teeth. It doesn't mean pain. It doesn't mean all that. It just simply means to repent means to turn, to restore, to return, to seek. That's what repent means. That's the passport. In the New Testament, there's other words, but the main word is one called metanoia. It's a Greek word in the New Testament when the language changed. And it literally means to change the mind. The passport for the kingdom of God, those 15 words, repent for the kingdom of God is near. Turn to, repent, turn to God, the kingdom of God is near. The word repent simply means one direction with one mindset. And when you repent, you not only change your mind, you change your direction. That's what repentance means. And we make that word a church word. We don't use that word a lot outside of church. It does not mean emotions. It's not crying. It's not grieving. It's not punishing yourself. It's not paying money to a church. It's not coming in attendance. It's not, I've got to go through a season of punishment and self-inflected judgment. It's not even grieving and emotional tears. I'm so sorry. It's not even saying you're sorry. That's not repentance. Repentance is simply very challenging, but it's this. It's you're going in one direction, and you change your mind, and you change your actions, and you turn, you return, and you seek the kingdom of God. That is what repentance is. And I believe repentance is not an event, it's a lifestyle. 
Sometimes in church we get it wrong. We think repentance is with every head bowed, every eye closed, we raise our hand. And we, most of us in the evangelical church have a moment where we repented and came to Jesus. It might have been like I did, but inside my bed as a child. Maybe it was used in a service like this. Maybe it was watching online. My grandparents, it was sitting in the metro center with Bill, my grandparents with Billy Graham back in the 70s. And we look at this moment going, it was an event. I can tell you when it happened. Repentance is not an event. It's a lifestyle. Meaning, I repent daily. Why? Because I find, I find myself going in the wrong direction almost every day. Like, like a toddler that needs a harness, I just get unfocused. I just start wandering. It's like, where are you going? Right, I'm supposed to be over here. Thank you very much. My kids traveling to the States, I won't say which one it was, but one of our kids, Josh, thought we had a flight, and he thought we were done. He was getting off the plane to go home, and we're like, Maddie's like, we're not in Halifax, we're in Ottawa. He's like, oh, right. His lack of focus, he didn't know where he was, and happens to me all the time. Nancy's like, focus your focus. What were we doing? Right. Repentance is a lifestyle, and I find in my life, I find myself wandering either because of rules or because of desires, because of culture or because of religion going, yeah, but, and Jesus goes, no, 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 just repent to the simplicity of following me. Well, yeah, but people want this pressure on me to do this and do that, and I feel like this guilt, no, 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 what does my word say? Culture says, yeah, yeah, but you're allowed to, and all of a sudden I'm like, you know, I'm allowed to, they're doing it, I'm allowed to, and this feels better, and Jesus goes, no, no, return to what I'm saying. That is repentance. It's not tears, it's not emotions, it's not saying you're sorry. As the poet Bieber says, it's too late now to say sorry. It's not about saying sorry. It's a physical and mental turning. Find yourself wandering over the border from the kingdom of God and repentance is daily changing your mind. On a Monday, I just find myself going, you know, I just really ticked off at that email I got and I find myself, none of you do this, having conversations with people that I'm going to have a meeting with. Am I the only one? If they say this, I'm going to say this. I'm going to bring this up. And they don't know how much they hurt me. And they don't understand. And all of a sudden, I'm in this whole conversation. And then I hear this voice going, turn. I'm like, right, 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 right. I trust God. I repent. I love people. God, you're going to give me strength. And then all of a sudden, I wander off going, yeah, but that really feels good. And I deserve to have that. And I, and I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's not really hurting anybody if I watch that or do that or say that or have that in my life, and then I hear the voice of God gently whisper, turn, and I turn back. And what happens is, if we're honest, if you're on this faith journey, it's not an event at an altar in a service. It's a lifestyle. I spend most of my life doing figure eights, right? <laughs> I'm back. I am back. All right, what are you saying? We're focused now. Who are we loving? Who are we helping? Who are we reaching? All right, okay, yeah, just, yeah, just, uh, just, just great thought, great thought. I really want this. Oh, no, I'm back. I am back, people. I am back. Never left. I'm going to encourage them on Sunday. And I just by Monday, I'm starting to wander again, going, you know, we need to do this, and they need to pull up their socks, and all of a sudden, I just wander back. And most of our faith is turning. I have a figure eight worn out in my life of turning back from culture to religion, and God just keeps calling back. And I wander over the border, and we wonder why we don't have peace sometimes. I've walked across the border. I did, where am I? This is not the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of Mike. Oh, I wonder why there's so much anxiety and pressure and, 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 and mental stuff. Oh, I need to get back under the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what, why am I so heavy? Why do I feel like things are so tough? Why do things feel like they're just a drudge? Why am I, why am I avoiding? This is not, this, this is a different place. And I look over and see the border, and it's a very simple. I pull out my passport, and when I turn, it's a passport of repentance going, 
yeah, I'm back. I'm sorry. I, I, I need to change not only my direction but my mind. Here's what it is. Repentance is a choice. We leave so many things in culture to feelings. When I feel like staying married, when I feel like being pure, when I feel like loving my kids, when I feel like paying my taxes, come on, somebody. When I feel like uh, following Jesus, when I feel like being loving to my neighbor. But Jesus says, nowhere in that definition does it say when they feel it. When you feel it, it says, no, no, no. It says, turn, choose, change your mind. That's repentance. Kingdom of God, the passport is repentance. Let me ask you today, how do you repent? Great question. Today, as we close, I'm going to walk you through five steps on how to repent. Why? Because it's a lifestyle. And I would encourage you to write these down or go back and watch this because it is a lifestyle that I am embracing and followers of Jesus are embracing. That's why Jesus went and found the disciples. He said, no, you got to repent, follow me, when they walked away and denied him. And I denied Jesus daily in my life, in my thoughts sometimes. I'm like, no, 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 I need to follow Jesus. And the cares of the world and the pressure of people will want to draw you away. Your own desires and the pressures of people, it's a lifestyle. So how do we repent if it's not raising your hand in church or it's not crying? Because some of you are like, I don't feel anything, but I know this is right. I know I need to live for Jesus. When I read this, it, the simplicity of following Jesus, it's very difficult. Don't, don't mistake simplicity for difficulty. Some of the most simple things are difficult. It's difficult. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. But when he says, see, Jesus simpl simplified everything. He took, he took, um, he took uh, 600 commandments and, and, and simplified them down to two. The Old Testament is all these rules. You got, Jesus goes, no, let's make it simple. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as you love yourself. He makes it simple. Very hard to do both of those, but it's very simple. And as I'm reading this, it tells me how to live, what not to do, what to do, how to honor how to show grace, how to follow Jesus. And when I don't, I just need to repent. And sometimes, I, most times, I don't feel anything. I don't feel grieved by my sin. I don't feel grieved by wandering off. But I make a choice, go, no, it's the right thing. Why? Because I want to be in the kingdom. He's inviting me, and my, my passport across is not an offering. It's not saying I'm sorry. It's not putting Ephesians on my Instagram bio. Hackers, just know it's not that. It is repentance. And what is repentance? It's not grieving. It's not sadness. It's not weeping. It's turning. So how do you repent? How do you repent? I'm going to read from Psalm 32 today. We've been in the summer of Psalms. We've been reading Psalms all summer. So I'm going to read Psalm 32 and unpack how to repent. The first step in, Psalm, in, in repenting is to be honest. Be honest. Psalm 32, verse 2. Yes, what a joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt. I want my record cleared of guilt. Whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Repentance is first of all saying, be honest. It's not, well, I'm hiding that from God. He's not aware of that. It's like, no, no, God, I've messed up. I've wandered over borders that you never intended me to walk over. I'm in places I have no business being in. I just need to be honest with my attitude, my actions, my thoughts, my habits. I need to be honest today. Be honest with God. I think it's so funny that we think we're hiding from God. It's like the four-year-old that covers their eyes that think they're hiding from their parents as they poop in the corner. You know, did we, we had those kids like, Ugh, you know, because like, they can't see you. You think they can't see us, right? Be honest with God. He knows it all anyway. Number one is be honest. That's the first step of repentance is being honest. It's not, well, I'm okay. I'm not as bad as Pastor Mike. I'm not as bad as that person. So, you know, God, like, 
there's that thing, but you know, like, besides that, we're pretty good. It's honest going, no, I, I've done some stuff, and I even want to do more, and I'm not feeling this right now, and but I just need to be honest. I need your help because I'm not enjoying this. I'm not feeling it, and I'm not obeying. I want to be honest where I've walked over the border in the wrong direction. That's step one. Then it says this. Step two is see the damage of sin. Psalm 32, it goes on in verse 3 and 4. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. I've realized that living sin or over the border of heaven is damaging. Damaging my body, my relationships, my future, far from God. When I'm far from God, there's a decay in my spirit and my relationships. And because the, right, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, it's goodness, peace, and joy. Outside the kingdom is the opposite of righteousness, goodness, bad things. It's opposite of peace or strife. It's opposite of joy. There's so much grief and depression in so many things. There's so much brokenness. The weight of that and the pain of that of sin is devastating. And when we repent, we say, I recognize the place I'm designed to be is in your kingdom. And outside of that, I'm harming myself. Scripture goes on and talks about how harmful it is. And the second step is to see the damage. Third step is confess it all. Verse 5. Finally, I confess all. Psalm 32, verse 5. Finally, I confess all my sins to you and stop trying to hide my guilt. There's something about being fully open before God. If you haven't been open before God, it's a beautiful place to be. You can trust him. Here's how you know you have God's presence. He never goes, knew it. You don't deserve good things. He never pushes you down going, ah, you told me that? I wasn't aware of that. And push you down. He always brings you higher. Whenever you confess all to God, it's like visually I see him dusting off the dirt on my pants, help me stand up, lift my chin, shame comes off of me, guilt comes off of me, pressure comes off of me. And I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? Confess it all. And the last step, sorry, fourth step is let go and let God. Let go and let God. It says in verse 5b to 7, it says this, I said to my Lord, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Therefore, let the godly pray to you while there is still time, that it may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. You are my hiding place. And sometimes we hang on to things going, God forgave me, but I don't forgive myself because I know what I did. I know what I said. And we punish ourselves. This is the beauty of repentance over the kingdom. Let go and let God. And God always makes it better. And sometimes we don't need someone to punish us. We punish ourselves. We're hard on ourselves. Some you can't even look in the mirror without seeing pain of choices. You can't look, drive by certain buildings on streets and go, that's where I screwed up my life. You can't see people's faces but going, that's where the greatest pain of my life was. Let go and let God. Church, let go of some things. Some of you need to just have a frozen spirit. Let it go. Let it. Some of you need to let some things go. Some of you are carrying. Listen, you, Jesus carried your sin. You don't have to. Some of us walk around like we're on a death march. Oh, serving Jesus. No, he died on the cross, so we don't have to. It's a victory parade going. He paid a price of something I could not afford to pay. He, he carried a weight that I was never born to carry. He renewed me when I couldn't let go and let God. And fifthly, enjoy the kingdom. Enjoy the kingdom. Verses 8 to 11 says it this way. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway of your life. 
I want that. I will advise you and watch over you. Yes, please. Thank you that you watch over me. You protect me better than the alarm on my house or the dog, the vicious golden retriever that guards our front door. Thank you, God, that you watch over my life. You see what's coming and you see what I need. Don't be like the senseless horse or mule. And you know the other word for mule. <clears throat> Old Testament word for mule. Don't be like that. It says that needs a bit or a bridle to keep it under control. To be whipped and controlled. God's not a controlling God. He says, no, no, no. Come to his kingdom. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but the unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all who obey him. Shout for joy, all whose hearts are pure. The kingdom of God is not easy, but it is enjoyable. You know what feels great? Peace. You know what feels great? Forgiveness. You know what feels great? Strength that's not based on my willpower or bank interest rates or the weather, that I have something bigger than all those things that God leads me and watches me, he fills me, he guards me, he protects me, he directs me. Enjoy the kingdom of God. We should be the biggest party in the city because we get to enjoy the God that made us, is the God that saved us, is the God that forgives us, is the God that watches over us, is the God that protects us. Inside these borders is the kingdom of protection and provision. All over this place, can we stand to our feet? Matt, you're going to lead us in a song in a moment. I want to lead you real quickly. If you could just, if you're comfortable today, just bow your head for a moment. All of us. You're like, man, I, I repented when I was 31. I repented when I was five. I'm not talking about an event. I'm talking about a lifestyle. Today, I need to make sure I'm within the borders. I want to walk us through repentance as we worship before we close today. If you can just close your eyes for a moment and focus in not on your spouse or who you came with or the lemonade and coffee that's free that will be flowing shortly. Not focus on what you're going to do on this beautiful afternoon. I just want you to close your eyes and just hear from God today. Step one, I want you to be honest today. God, how is it with me and you? That's the question you're asking God. How are we today? And God will tell you if you've stepped over the border or not. Ask him today. Be honest. How are, how, and be honest right now, just in your mind as you lightly even whisper, say, God, just... I want to be honest today. I'm not where I need to be. Be honest. Some areas you feel like you're living in the kingdom. In other areas you've, you're far from the kingdom. Where Jesus is in charge. Secondly, I want you to see the damage of sin today. That you were born to live in the kingdom and under his reign. Where there's joy and peace and protection. And some of you, you know that your decisions, you're, you're close to making decisions that may have damage that lasts a lifetime for your family for your businesses, for your, for your life, and just the damage of sin. The, the wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. And it may look, be wrapped in a shiny cellophane, but it's still death. It may have glow sticks and look like a party, but it is still death. Thirdly, we confess it all. So right now, just for a moment, just confess whatever that is for you. It's a private moment. It's not for anyone else. It's for you, between you and God. Just confess it. Maybe it's that attitude. Maybe it's that habit. Maybe it's that addiction. Maybe it's that thought pattern. Maybe it's that relationship. I don't know. Come on, just confess it right now. God, take it all. We confess it all. We need you today, Lord. We need you. We need you, Lord. I confess it all. I'm weak, but you are strong. I am I'm pure, but you are pure. I am given to weakness, but you are my provider. Now today, as you confess it, I want you to feel God come in and want to take it from you. I want you to let it go today. If you're confessing, if that, that attitude, that habit, that thought, that action, that choice, 
As you confess it right now, saying, Jesus, forgive me. Let him take it off your shoulders. Some of you walked in here so heavy. If people knew what I was doing, they would. Or I don't even know if I deserve to be here today. Let that weight come off of you today. Let God and let go. And then feel his presence rush in as you enjoy the presence, the pureness, the kingdom of God. Come on. Can we sing this together as a church today? Enjoying the kingdom of God. Come rest over Come rest on us. The Spirit was moved over the water. The Spirit come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Hey, yeah, the Spirit was moving over the water. The Spirit come move over us. Yeah, come rest on. Access granted. Enjoy the kingdom of God. I pray today you would feel weight come off of you. I want to warn you, you're going to have to do this again tomorrow. And the next day, the next day, as you get one foot over, right foot in, right foot out, and you're going to shake it all about, go, no, 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 no. Kingdom. Some of you, part of that following is maybe you need to dedicate your children or get baptized. You can sign up at the welcome, at the big guest central wall. They can sign you say, hey, I want to get baptized or dedicate my kids. We can sign you up. Say, no, no, I want my kids to live in the kingdom of God. I want people to know that I've repented, that I want to get baptized. I've never done it. I want people to know that I'm the kingdom of God. God's a plan for you, amen. We love you so much. God bless you. Have an amazing week. The coffee and lemonade is flowing and it's free. We love you so much. Have an amazing week. Yeah.